What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Sherdog.com. And today, I will be looking ahead to the big uh, UFC Fight Night card coming up next Saturday night in the uh, Nationwide Arena in Columbus, Ohio. So uh, we're, we're back on the road here for the UFC after the, the fantastic London card last week. Uh, I don't think this will be <laughs> as special, uh, and I don't think that will shock anyone to say that, but... The, the Ohio fans, we've seen them before when Stipe went there and when others, and uh, I, I'm not sure uh, this card, I haven't actually looked through where the people are from, but I'm sure there's a couple of local guys on this here, and uh, the crowd will be uh, will be raucous, and it feels like everywhere where uh, we see MMA these days, when, where there is cards in, per- in person, with people in person, it's mad. I know myself, I've been at two Bellator cards here in Ireland, and people are, you know, they're just mad to get out of the house, to be honest, because it's been a long time, uh, even where places uh, with restrictions that aren't as harsh as, say, here in Ireland or in other places, um, have been, uh, still the, the big arenas, you know, have been closed, and they haven't even, you know, um, concerts and the likes of the, the UFC and WWE and stuff haven't been traveling around as much, so we're kind of just getting back to that now with regularity anyway and the people are mad to get out and and are going to make these cards better so i feel like for the next while we're going to have a lot of joy in these cards it's going to be fun to watch these cards because the crowd are going to make it uh are going to make it that way so it's it's great uh to be able to uh to see it now as i said again uh, i don't think it'll be anywhere near the uh the london card or even the ireland's irish bellator cards but still there's a really really good lineup of fighters here from from top to bottom, and I'm going to pick out four or five fights I want to talk about here, and I know the lads will have a, a longer preview uh, this week, but even if you look at the, the opening few fights in the card, uh, there's a lot of, of talent on those cards, and a lot of experienced guys as well. Even if you look there uh, at one of the undercards, uh, Alishab Kirizev is 13 and 0 now in his career. You know, he was in the Dana White Contender Series. He's beat uh, Husimar Palharis over, over in uh, Fight Nights Global, and this is his um, UFC debut, obviously, after being on the Dana White Contender Series, and he has. You know, he's a guy that people, I think, definitely need to be looking out for. Uh, He's fighting uh, Dennis uh, Tuilin, you know, with nine finishes in these 13 fights. Definitely need to be be looking out for, and I'm sure the lads will break down that even more. But the likes of David Dvarak versus Mateus Nicolau, Bruno Souza against Luis Saldana, who uh, was in a very fun fight. Uh, the, the last there's a few fights as well that are kind of you know uh, in, uh, I think Tucker Lutz is still looking for a fight and there was someone else as well I saw on the broadcast the other night hopefully maybe by the time this is released or, or later in the week uh, there'll even be more uh, more more fights announced I know Chris Gutierrez versus Dana Badrigal that'll be a good battle as well I feel like two tough guys there um, and uh, yeah th- those are some of the kind of the undercard fights that I won't concentrate as much on today that are you know, there is there is a bit there's a bit to all of them. Uh, the first fight I want to talk about here is Mark Chikasi versus uh, Vyacheslav Barashov, and uh, everyone probably know Barashov by now. You know the the Slava Claus who. Um, Beat Christian Duncan, who I think is a really, really good fighter. I think he's back in cage wars now. He beat him in the Dana White Contender Series. And, you know, Dana White Contender Series is here on a Tuesday, like 1 a.m. Irish time. So I'm not concentrating or watching that maybe as much as, as the folks in America. It might be an easier watch for uh, for you over there. But I did tune in to watch Christian Duncan because he has been a very, very good staple of uh, of this scene for a long time. 
And the second that fight was over and Barashov did what he did to him, I was immediately a Barashov fan because you don't beat Christian Duncan the way he did and, and beat him in that fashion without being a very, very good fighter. Then he came in to the UFC and did a similar sort of thing uh, to Dakota Bush, finished him with the body shot. So this guy is a real, real talent and a real, real good fighter in that uh, 100 and, uh, 155 pound division. He's definitely someone to keep an eye on, and I know people probably know him from his last fight, uh, and uh, you know, and 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 should uh, continue to to know him. You know, very good wrestling, but hits very, very, very hard as well. And uh, there's another guy on the card like that later on, which we'll be getting to me the main fight of this uh, uh, of this fight card. But we we will get to that in a second. So going up against Mark Casey, look. I don't know what Mark Jacasey and Joy Herbert have done to the UFC matchmakers, but it feels like the two of them lads just can't catch a break here. Like, Jacasey got into uh, the UFC all the way back now in 2016. And, okay, his first few fights, he fought Louis Shigeski, Frankie Perez, Timo Paklin. But then, since then, the, the matchups, Drakkar Close, where... Close kind of discovered the calf kick. That was the start of all the calf kick madness. He won that fight with the calf kick. And the first real fight to me that we saw in the UFC in this modern era where it was dominated with the calf kick, that changed the game. Then he fought Dan Hooker and Nazar Akbarast. Bounced back with a couple of good wins against Joseph Duffy and Lando Venata. And his last two were Rafael Fizayev and Rafael Alves. So he's he's gotten some tough, tough matchups. Uh, it was uh, November last year was his last fight. But to me... Look, Mark Chikese is one of these guys, and there's very few I say this about. Um, I was actually talking about Will Curry, who fought in Cage Warriors last week, at a different level now. He's one I kind of say about as well. And Rafael Dos Anjos is always the, the example of a guy I look at, right? And you see a guy with a great skill set, right? And a very, very good athletic base as well. Um... And if anyone goes and if you Google uh, Will Curry, you'll know what I'm talking about. Or anyone who does, Rafael Dos Anjos will know what I'm talking about as well. I always have great hope for those guys that at one stage in their career, something will click and they will go on to the next level. And Mark Casey is definitely one of those guys for me. Okay, he's lost five of his last seven fights. But I just still feel like... He has so much to offer. And if he could find... I know where he's training at the moment. I know he went back to England for a while. He was training an American top team in different places. I'm not sure where he's at at the moment. But if he could find the right coach... I think Sanford MMA might be somewhere that would be really good for Mark Chikese here. He just needs something like that. Because anyone... You know, uh, I watched him in, in Batman before he went to the uh, to UFC... And I was saying this, didn't, well, I, was saying, I wasn't saying that then, but I was saying this after a few losses after that. But at the time, we were talking about him, and everyone sees him, and he had that mad knockout uh, in Bama. And I mean, look, Kane Musa. And everyone was kind of thinking, oh, he got into the UFC with that. He must be this big striker. But Jacasey's actually nearly a better wrestler than he is a striker. He hits hard, and he can do all like the wild things with his striking as well. But he's a very, very good wrestler as well. And if he can put those bits and pieces together... He's a dangerous guy. Now, this is a very tough matchup again, even though it is a guy with seven fights in his uh, in his career, and it feels a little bit like they're giving him Jay Casey to show how good he is, to give him a tough matchup, to show how good he is, and that is that is a tough spot for Jay Casey, but it's also a big spot for Jay Casey in that he can kind of bounce back here, in that he can make a name for himself yet again by beating a guy with a bit of hype behind him and I think uh, Borisov is that I think he really really is that and it's an opportunity for Jacasey in a weird sort of way um, I, I look 
after Jacasey's last run. It's hard to say that he is going to turn it around. It's hard to say that something has clicked for him now. Um, Like, I think he might be better off, even if, you know, in the next couple of fights, if he did drop out of the UFC, he's still young enough. Have four or five fights, four or five win streak. I said the same about someone like a Tom Breeze and get back there or get back maybe to Bellator or maybe somewhere else. And maybe in the long run, it'd be better for their career. But for now, this could be a turning point. And this Barashev fight is a massive fight. I think Barashev, I, I haven't looked at the odds yet. I think they're, by the time I'm recording this, they're probably not up yet. Uh, and I will look at that for the betting show, of course. Uh, but I think Barashev will probably be the favourite. But this is a fight I'm really looking forward to. There was a similar fight last week to Poria. Uh, versus Jai Herbert. And we saw what Jai Herbert did in the first round of that. Now, it ended with Tapuria getting the knockout, one of the knockouts of the year, in fact, that uh, will be at the end of the year anyway, in the second. I think this could be similar. In actual case, he might actually shock a few people here early in this fight. And I'm really, really looking forward to this. I can't wait. Uh, I, honestly, I can't wait to see. I think it's going to be a very, very, very fun fight. Um... Moving on slightly up the divisions, then in the uh, welterweight division, we have Neil Magny, who seems to be perennially ranked, and he's fighting against uh, Max Griffin. And, you know, it's maybe a little bit of a, a funny matchup in a couple of ways. You know, Griffin has won three in a row. And, okay, he did beat Carlos Condit in his last one after beating uh, Keenan Song and uh, Raheem Brahim. Um, Razim Brahim even uh, after losing a couple to um, to Charles uh, to Alex Oliveira even and uh, Alex Morono before that, uh, so you know maybe it's one of those ones and I, I maybe I'll open up the rankings here and see exactly where he is ranked. But it feels like one of those ones where Neil Magny is always looking to kind of go up the rankings, and it feels like this one is a little bit down the rankings from Neil Magny is ranked number nine at the moment. Uh, in the uh, in the official UFC rankings, and I do not see Max Griffin ranked anywhere. Now, <laughs> that that stuff, I don't know, maybe if this is short notice or someone else was supposed to fight here or not, but it feels like Neil uh, Magny is one of those guys who always gets those sort of matchups. Like even, you know, uh, a couple of fights ago, he lost to Michael uh, Chiesa, popping up from lightweight division. You know, he fought, you know, Anthony Rocco Martin, Lee Zhang Liang when he was on his way up. Even Jeff Neal in his last one, who was on a bit of a roll at that stage, it was a good win. Now, he won all of those fights apart from Mark Casey, but, you know, even the Craig White fight or, uh, you know, he, he is, he feels like he is one of those guys, right, where he's gotten a couple of big fights, the Sanchez fight, the Ponzinibbio fight, even Damian Maya back in there, and he's lost all the big ones. Um, A little bit even like you could compare him to Bisping, maybe. Uh, and it feels like when you are ranked in that division at number nine and you have Masvidal ahead of you, uh, you have uh, Wanderboy ahead of you, you have Bilal Muhammad ahead of you, Vicente Luque, Leon Edwards, Gilbert Burns, Covington and Sean Brady, who is the up-and-coming guy, it feels like there isn't much movement for you unless you get a big win. Like, he could do anything in this fight here at the weekend, and it's not going to move him up the rankings. The only way it will move someone up the rankings is if Max Griffin knocks him out or if he, if he wins that fight in some fashion. Now, I like Max Griffin. And it's no disrespect to Max Griffin. You know, he's 36 years of age now as well, so he needs to be making that move uh, in his career. You know, uh, Magny just a couple of years younger than him. Um, uh, look, I think Magny will do what Magny tries to do in every fight, and that's push him against the cage after using his lint land uh, an array of shots in terms of an amount of shots rather than well, array is a bad word but you know what I mean land 10, 11, 12 shots and keep that pressure on um, 
Griffin, I think, will be looking to avoid that. He'll be looking to make it maybe a slower, more power-based fight if he can and land those big shots uh, on uh, on Neil Magny. Um, I never know what Neil Magny... I always find it hard. He's one of those guys. Like, some, some fighters, you can kind of... Right, if, if someone zags this way and they zag that way, this is how the fight will go, or... You know, like Covington versus Maslow. We know how that fight is going to go. Or even Herbert Tapuri at the weekend. I, wa- I-, I wasn't necessarily known who was going to win. But I knew what way the fight would go a little bit. I knew Molly McCann would push the pace. And, I, you know, everyone who has- watches these fights, they- the results are one thing. But how the fight will go is is another thing. I always find with Neil Magny, I, I- uh, you know, I think it'll go one way. And then it just goes completely the other way. So I don't know what this fight... As I said a second ago, I think that's how it'll go. I think he'll try to push Max Griffin against the cage, pull him down to the ground, and art, you know, use his lint. It's it's never a really exciting with Neil Magny. Now it might be the most exciting fight in the world. And I hope I've I've jinxed it in the in the proper way. Uh, so yeah, I look. I think it'll probably be three rounds. Uh, I think it'll probably be for Magny, but you know, we we never know, and we'll uh, we'll turn up to seeing that one. But it's a big fight for Griffin. You know, if he wins that, he could absolutely take his place in the rankings or earn himself a place in the rankings, maybe, uh, with uh, with Neil Magny falling out of him because of, you know, the strength of that division, really. It's an unbelievably strong uh, division there. Um, a division, I suppose, you couldn't, you wouldn't say is the most unbelievably strong in the world in is, is the women's flyweight division. You know, the former uh, title challenger, uh, Jennifer Maya, is uh, coming back after her last loss to, to Caitlin Chuikagan at the start of this year and she is fighting uh, Mano Frio who has looked unbelievable in her fights you know recently she fought in October last against um, uh, Maya Buno Silva uh, and won all her fights in the UFC before that her only losses to Ireland's own Liam McCourt uh, in uh, her MMA debut back in 2018 you know we've seen where Leah has gone on to, to uh, since then you know Leah's is what probably the, the fifth or sixth uh, ranked 145 pounder in the world now okay that's not the most uh, f- full division but still that's that's a big thing and especially when you're talking about someone now who's fighting at 125 pounds so it's been an, a real good unbeaten run uh, since then with um, you know six knockout wins in that time as well in in those uh, eight fights so you know Firo Jennifer Maya is one of those who she always makes it tough you know she even made she even made it tougher Valentina Jashinko arguably tougher than uh, than anyone has made it even though you know it was only maybe for a round or so but that's a big fight in that division like there aren't that many uh, contenders for Shevchenko. It's hard to know who she's even going to fight next. Like, you know, if you look through the divisions, Andrade, Shukagan, Murphy, Maya are the, the top four after uh, Shevchenko. As you know, Maya fighting here this weekend. And I think she is fighting Talia Santos. Has that been announced? And I think that is going to be the next one. So, you know, if you if you look at Firo down at number 13, if she can beat right, Maya right number four, she's probably putting herself next in line after uh, Talia Santos to be that challenger for the title. So it's a big, big fight for her. Uh, maybe a little bit early in her career. You know, okay, she's been around now for, what, it's only four years. So not even four years yet. Very early in her career, but a massive fight for her there and a massive fight in that division. Um a massive fight in the heavyweight division, Elier Latifi versus uh, Alexi Olenek. It feels like from Alexi Olenek, the 
this could be maybe his curtain call in his career, in his UFC career anyway. Lost his last three in a row. Uh, Serve against Spivak, Chris Dawkins, who we'll be talking about shortly, and Derek Lewis as well. Okay, he beat over him and Maurice Green before that and lost to Walt Harrison and over him before that. But he's coming here and here against Latifi, who has a win now in his last fight against Tanner Bowser who, um, you know, it was a close enough fight, that one, a split decision, and, and one of those fights where, you know, <laughs> it, it wasn't exactly the, the the craziest fight in the world, but it was a win for him at heavyweight, after losing three in a row to Lewis, um, you know, okay, Ozemir and, and uh, uh, Anderson were, were down in weight, but getting that win at heavyweight, I think, was a big thing for Ilya Latifi, kind of just to bait in there, and it feels like, it, you know, Elitifi is a really, really, really good wrestler, but he doesn't want to be wrestling against uh, Olenek. And I think he's one of those lads as well who will actually bank on his wrestling to throw enough shots to hurt Olenek uh, without having maybe the fear of getting taken down or the fear of Olenek pulling him down <laughs> more more, uh, more evidently, maybe. Or more, uh, more, that'll be more of a problem for him. So I do think... I, I Look... You never know what Olenek. He could fall on something. He could push him against the cage, tie up that boa constrictor and pull him to the ground and that'll be that. But I just feel like Olenek will have too much power for him. Uh, will be a little bit too quick and too smart as well. And I think he'll land the big shots and probably end up finishing Olenek uh, yeah, sometime in, in the first round. Um, but uh, yeah, look, it should be fun. I, I always love a, a, an Alexi Olenek fight and I always love an Ilir Latifi fight uh, as well. Two other guys you could definitely say that about are uh, Matt Brown and Brian Barberena. You know, Matt Brown is... <laughs> it feels like Matt Brown is one of those guys that people write off a lot and he keeps coming back. You know, he lost a few fights in a row, Damian Maya, Ellenberg or Cerrone. Then he bounced back and won against Diego and Ben Saunders. Okay, good matchmaking there, but he lost to Bieza in a very, very, very tough fight. And then he had that very fun fight with Carlos Condit. And then he came back and he beat Diego Lima and knocked him out in the second round. So... You know, that was a ju- in June of last year. So he's been out of the cage for, what is it, uh, nine months at this stage, which you never know at this stage of your career of, of, of someone like Matt Brown. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I suppose we'll find out on uh, on Saturday night. But he's gone in there against Brian Barberina, who, um, you know, won against Darian Weeks in his last fight at the tail end of last year after losing to, to Jason Waite. Had a tough fight against Vicente Luque a couple of fights before that as well. And made you know, Leon Edwards and some tough guys along the way. Look, these guys, they're you don't have to be uh, Patrick Wyman to, to analyze this one. <laughs> you know, this is going to be rock'em sock'em robots. They're going to both go out. If they see an opportunity for a takedown or to push it against the fence or to win that way, look, they'll take it. But if they see an opportunity to go at the other guy and land loads of shots, they'll take that too. I think this one's going to be an absolute barn burner. Look, I think it depends where Matt Brown is in his career. I think Matt, probably Matt Brown, I think he beats Brian Barberina, but I don't know exactly where Brown is in his career. I'd probably just still lean to him, but we'll we'll see the betting and we 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 will uh, you know we'll see uh, where the pick is on that one maybe later on in the week. But that's a really 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 uh, fun fight as well, and one in the. Uh, uh, you know, it's a fight that I don't know if we'll see that much anymore, if you get me. Like, we have Lozon and Cerrone coming up, and we've had Jim Miller, and, uh, you know, there's, there's a few fighters like that, but Matt Browns are, are a dying breed. You know, the old-school, tough-guy fighters who came from, you know, not necessarily even being fighters, just to, to find MMA and, and to, to lift themselves out or whatever. Now, 
everyone it feels like you know they were uh, a 12 year old jiu-jitsu black belt you know it feels like everyone finds mma at a young age their sport instead of finding you know uh, american football or, or soccer or hurling or uh, you know you know whatever it might be it, it it wasn't that way for the likes of matt brown it wasn't that way for the likes of, of lozon and, and Saroni or whatever they, they fell into this and you know it isn't even that they just kind of became fan favorites over the years from a different era and it i i feel like we should enjoy these lads while we uh while we still have them um so yeah looking forward to to that one uh another women's flyweight fight I, i'm gonna leave i'm gonna leave the, the men's flyweight fight till the end because i think that should be main event and i'm gonna give that uh the, the biggest chat here because i love that fight so much uh joanne wood versus alexa grasso i love this fight as well like i think alexa grasso has improved so much uh, over the years and you know the results have not always gone away especially when you go in there and you meet someone like carol esparza but her performance um last year and it's over a year now since she fought against macy barber it was fantastic uh she beat um ji young kim before that as well and she's a win uh, over carolina kovalkevich as well you know lost uh, Tatiana Suarez back in 2018 but I feel like that Macy Barber win kind of set her apart and put her on kind of a new level for a lot of people Joanne Wood now she lost to Talia Santos in her last fight she lost to Lauren Murphy kind of the perennial number one or number two contender in that division Lauren well after Chukagan um you know she's a win over Jessica I and lost to Jim from Ivorda so she's only losing to the title contenders in that division and that tells you what you need to know maybe about this. I think if Alexa Grasso um, can win here, she will become that title contender. Uh, but uh, this is a must win for Joanne Wood. Uh, it just feels like she never met her potential um, in her career. Like when she started off in tough, everyone was talking about how she could be the champion and how she was going to be the next player in that division or the, or the next star maybe in women's MMA and it's never really clicked for her she's never got there and that's very very unfortunate because it would have been massive for uh, for Scottish MMA and UK MMA as well but it wasn't to be uh, this fight though you know both can fight on the ground and Lexa Grasso has a few takedowns and stuff but this I think is going to be primarily a striker matchup and that's exactly what Joanne would want now I don't think it'll work out well for her. I think Alexa Grasso's boxing has improved so much, and I think she'll win in that. But this is exactly what both uh, what both women want here in this fight, uh, and they'll play into each other's hands. And I'm really looking forward. I think this is a high level fight. You know, if you look, um, if you look at the rankings, Joanne Wood is number seven, Alexa Grasso is number eleven. You know, we spoke about the other fight earlier with Maya and Fiero as well. It could be whoever has the best performance. If both Firo and uh, Grasso are to win here, to put them next in line after that and to, to really vault him up those rankings. So um, very, very interesting fight there and very interesting to uh, to see how it goes. And it's a massive fight for Joanne Wood because she could be out of the UFC if she loses that. Honestly, she could. She really could. So that's a massive fight for her. Um, the main event in which is the second last fight I'll talk about. I actually do not know how Askar Askar versus Sky Cara France is in the main event. It's by far the best fight on this card. It's the, the fight I went back and I watched like 10 different fights or par- portions of the Manuel to talk about it here because I love it so much. Curtis Blades versus Chris Dock is, is just like you're running the mill next, you know, like fifth contender heavyweight matchup. Like Curtis Blades. Okay, he beat Rosenstruck in his last one, but he lost to Derek Lewis. He had a good run before that, but he's... 
Like, he's not in line at the moment. He really, like, he's just not in line at the moment. I know he's ranked number four, and Dawkins is ranked number eight, but Dawkins as well, like, he lost to Derek Lewis in his last one, and Derek Lewis has just lost the tie to Ivasa. Like, not no disrespect to either of these two guys. It's a fight that makes sense. It's a good fight. I like the fight. But there's n- this could have been the co-main event. This could be the, could have been the third fight. Why not make the fight that m- is, to, for me, the number one contender fighter should be, at least maybe after, you know, the, the, the next contender. That that should be one. And, and we know it's going to be the rematch for the for the title at Flyweight. But I just feel like that should be the one. I'll get to that in a second. So uh, let's talk about the heavyweight fight. Um, look... Curtis Blades, is, <laughs> we know what he does. He's a very good wrestler. He comes across the cage. He tries to take you down. But if you can catch him when he's doing that, he get look, he's gotten knocked out now a few different times in his career. Look, the problem with that is, as well, um, three knockouts in his career. And they are, in fairness, to Derek Lewis, Francis Ngannou, and Francis Ngannou. So it's not like anyone is knocking him out. And that's the reason, actually, why I'm probably picking him to win against Dawkins. Like, watching a couple of Dawkins' fights back again, um, it, there's actually, a, I, I looked him up on YouTube, there's actually, like, a finishing compilation of him. And he's a guy who does, like, come forward, land lots of shots. And is weirdly athletic for his kind of frame. Um, and I think he could cause a little bit of trouble early to Blades just because Blades does get into those fights a little bit sometimes. Was it the Overeem fight? Where he kind of got into like a little bit of trouble going back and forth and ended up winning and at the end and Overeem was kind of, uh, you know, was landing a good few shots at him. I um I think it could be one of those fights. I think Darkus won't stand back. He won't wait for him, and he will try to land some some shots. Look, that could get him taken down. That could get him ground and pounded, and I think it probably will. Um, but yeah, I look. I think Darkus will be game here. The longer he can survive on the ground, if it does hit it, the better for him. Uh, the better chance he has maybe of um uh, of blades. Uh getting a little bit tired and playing long game, but I don't think Blaze necessarily has bad cardio or anything like that. I think he can keep going. You know, he went five rounds with Alexander Volkov, went all the way with Justin Willis, went all the way with Mark Hunt, you know, and has, you know, a couple of finishes even in the, in the third round, uh, or one at least. But, yeah, I, ju- I just think Blaze will, will win this, and I, I think he'll uh, win it uh, pretty comprehensively. Uh but I don't think it should be the main event. I think the main event should be Askar Askarov versus Kai Kara France. Um, this is this is just a fantastic fight. Like in the rankings, if you look at them right now, Askar Askarov ranked number two, uh, Kai Kara France ranked number six. You know, Askar Askarov has fought Pantoja, and uh, the, the guy just behind him, so he's a little bit ahead. If he wins. You know, the two guys ahead of him are Brandon Moreno and Davidson Figueiredo, who look like they're going to be fighting for the fourth time. If Askarov wins, he has to be next. But if Kai Kara France beats him, then I think he probably has to be next as well with the run he's on. Like, Kai Kara France has won his last two fights only, but he, he knocked out Cody Garbrandt and that massive comeback win against uh, Bontarin. Okay, he lost to Rival, who was ahead of him uh, in the rankings at the moment, but Rival has lost a, a couple uh, to Pantoja and Brandon Moreno. <laughs> so there's lots of kind of back and forth there going, in, going on in that division. But, you know, for Askar Askarov, there's been no back and forth. He is 14-0 and uh, with, with that one draw against Brandon Moreno. Beat Joseph Benavidez, beat Pantoja, beat Elliot. Uh, in his in his UFC runner, along with the draw with the with the uh, is he the champion or not? No, he's not the champion anymore. But the guy who's going to be fighting for the championship, Brandon Moreno, and this guy, 
you know, he's he is as legit as they come. You look at his record, right? And he's 14 wins, seven submissions, three decisions. But come back watching some of his fights. Oh, look, he's an unbelievable wrestler. And he's, uh, John Gooden was reading out his uh, his credentials. And he's like a master of Sambo and a Russian national wrestling champion. And this and that and the other. And he's brilliant, brilliant there. But his striking is so good as well. He hits so hard. He's one of those guys that I love watching because he's a different type of striker as well. He fought Tim Elliott, who is another different type of striker. And he fought him in a more normal way than anyone has ever fought Tim Elliott because he's a bit of a weirdo as well, the way he strikes. He, like, he defends with his hips and he moves back and then pops back in. To uh, into place where you're watching Kai Kara France, he's very much foot movement. He circles left, circles right, circles everywhere, moves out of the way as fast comes in, hits at a pace, you know, and is is just non-stop. He's like a pinball moving around the place. Whereas Askarov is more in the center, but he loves to counter. He loves to draw guys on, and then he'll move those kind of hips backwards, move the upper body backwards, and then pop back into place, pop back into range, and hit you so hard. And he's really, really good fights out of the uh, the southpaw position as well. I went and I tried to find a few fights of Kai Kara France, or any fight, and I couldn't find one of Kai Kara France fighting against a southpaw. So maybe if uh, if anyone knows one, and I probably missed uh, an obvious one, but I was going down through fight pass the one I did see was Bontarin at bits in that fight it was the Bontarin fight where he came back wasn't it let me just check uh, yeah it was where he came back and Bontarin is an orthodox fighter but he was fighting out of southpaw for bits of that fight and he actually hit um, Cara France really well just before kind of the big takedown I believe it was uh, and he cut off the cage really well from that southpaw position now it was more the change of position than the southpaw position but I think if Cara France circles to his right. I think that left hand coming straight down the middle as an attacking weapon uh, from Askarov will be a very, very, very good shot for him. Now, he isn't that much of an attacking fighter. He does rather kind of the countering art of kind of the fighting exchanges in the middle. Now, he will attack a bit. I, uh, so, that is a shot that will kind of have to be a different part of his game plan than he's used to. But I think against a guy that moves and is defensively as good at times as Kai Kara France or moves very defensively well, I think you have to bring a few of those shots in or else it'll be very much of a stalemate. Um, Kai Kara France does attack more, but he attacks in a very safe way, I think. He is a counterfighter as well, but a very loose movement-based counterfighter who pops in with big shots uh, if you don't give up the counter shot by attacking him. Um, so it's it's a very intriguing fight. Like Kai Kara France does throw leg kicks, that jab inside. I think that he throws a lot from the kind of the out by, outside position. The jab to the body could be a dangerous one against Askarov because he he's the sort of guy. Look, he doesn't need a double leg. He doesn't need a single leg. He doesn't need any position to take you down. He just needs a position. If you throw that jab in and he can catch you around the arm, you know he'll jump on a guillotine or you know. He'll body you to the side or switch you around and land on a mount. He is so strong in those positions. That's all you need to give him. So this is a very, very tough matchup for Kai Kara France. Uh, but a tough matchup as well <laughs> for Askarov because Kara uh, France moves really quickly. And I don't look... The one thing I think Askarov maybe falls down on is that speed, you know? But he works so well around it. And not even around it. He works around fast fighters. Not saying he isn't fast himself. 
Oh, it's just a great fight. It's a really, really good fight. Look, I haven't really even spoken much about Askarov's wrestling. His ability to take guys down is in from any position, but his top game. Uh, we haven't seen that many submissions out of him. Let me just check here. Okay, he has seven submissions, so I, I tell a lie. We have seen a few out of him, but he's last. He's four UFC fights. We haven't seen any submissions. It's been all decisions, so I, I was I was right in a way. Uh, <laughs> he, but his top game is very good. His ground and pound is very good as well, and that's the fight to me. That sticks out on this card. Um, so yeah, I leave it there. I think I've I've mentioned uh, every fight or, or most of them anyway. So I'm looking forward to uh, Sarah McMahon versus Carol uh, Carol Rose as well. I don't know if I mentioned that one or not, but I'm always a fan of Sarah McMahon. I don't know why Carol Rose has won a load of fights now in a row, beating Betch Cohea uh, in her last fight. Where Sarah McMahon is, you know, on three out of four, she's lost beat, lost to Juliana Pena after uh, beating Lena Landsberg uh, in the fight before that. So this is a big fight as well for Sarah McMahon uh, in uh, in uh, in this one here. So yeah, I think that's uh, almost every fight touched on. If I haven't anyway, the lads over on our YouTube will have touched on it um, with a, a much longer breakdown than this. But I love that Askarov fight against Cara France. I like the main event. I love the Jacasey Borishov fight. The magnified Griffin could be anything. Firo uh, and Maya means a lot. Joanne Wood versus uh, Alexa Grasso means a lot. And Matt Brown, it's always fun to see him, see him against Brian Barberina. Anila Rahifi against Alexi Alnick as well. I love this card, honestly. Honestly, I like uh, if, if it was terrible, I'd come here and tell you it was terrible. But this is uh, a fantastic card, and I uh, I can't wait to see it. So, um, yeah, I will leave it at that. Check out Sherdog.com all week for your coverage, uh, and uh, all year as well, and all the time. You can follow me over Twitter, at ChanchiMBA. Uh, follow Sherdog as well while you're there. I will leave it at that, everybody. Thank you very much for watching. Click subscribe. Click the up button. My name is Sean Sheen for Sherdog.com, and I'll see you all next time.